The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at www.upc.org forward slash university. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 47th and 16th in Seattle's U District. All right. Well, uh, welcome, fellas. Thanks for making the, the trek across the hallway and for coming out tonight in the middle of midterm season. We're excited uh, to have you out tonight with us. This is definitely something new. We've, uh, as long as I've known the end, we've never done something like this before, and mostly because I think if I got separated uh, from the girls when I was a student, I probably just would have left the end. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, How many of us come out because there's that girl that you're excited to talk to tonight? Probably no one else. Okay, well... When I was in college, I sat on the back. I sat on the first row of chairs all the time, which is why I'm excited we all get to sit in chairs here because I never really loved sitting on the floor, but I always sat in the first row of chairs, and there were these couple of UW gymnasts that came out, and they sat right next to me every week right on the side. And every week for four years in college, I said, I'm going to talk to those girls. They're next to me again, and for four years, I never talked to them once. <laughs> uh, and it was I, so many opportunities wasted. Um, anyways, we're excited. Uh, to get the men in here, get a little man time. Feel free to take your shirt off if you want, I don't care. Uh, crank out some push-ups in the... I was just kidding. Um, that'll just distract me. Anyways, uh, guys, tonight we're going to continue on in this series looking at strength and weakness. And, and what does that mean? And to be honest, I'll just start right up front and say it's been kind of hard for me, uh, even preparing... For tonight, mostly I get a I get an opportunity to speak. I get a topic. I get pretty excited about it, and I think of just a lot of a lot of a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, um, a lot of ideas around it. And for tonight, I sat in this idea of strength and weakness, and what does that mean for me? And and when when Paul talks in Second Corinthians to us, and he says, you know, he says uh, God's power is made perfect in my weakness. For where I am weak, He is strong. What does that mean? And I had, I had a lot of ideas, a lot of different notes and stuff to bring here. And, and I sat there for about a week or two just looking at these notes going, what? Where's a talk in this? Where's a message? Where's something to deliver to guys? And I'll be honest, it wasn't until yesterday that I really sat there going, okay, I think I know the message that God's put on my heart. And it was a tough one for me to realize because it means a lot of sharing out of my own weakness tonight, which I'm not super excited about, uh, just to be straight up. I like sharing things that I'm really excited about, things that pump me up. Uh, things to get us all fired up about, like Friday Night Lights, spring game this Friday, things like that. Um, go dogs. Uh, but, uh, but tonight, it's a, little more, uh, it's a little more of what I'm processing right now. And to be honest, I, uh, I don't know exactly what's going to come out. So give me a little bit of grace tonight. This is a lot of stuff that I'm just working through right now, um, but some stuff that I think is important uh, for us to hear. So... Tonight, as we're here, we get the chance to hear, hear a couple things. One, it's going to be a large part of my own story. I'm going to share out of that as much as I can tonight. I'm also going to let two uh, cinematic characters share with us tonight uh, because I think we can learn a couple things from a couple movie guys. And, and then we're going to look at what Paul says in Corinthians as well and, and try to uh, get a message out of there. So uh, those three things, uh, I think we're going, to, we're going to learn something tonight about strength and weakness. Uh, to start with, though, uh, my own story, a few things about me that I think are important to know as we look at this idea of strength and weakness, why I feel that I can even share on this topic is because I've spent my whole life trying to look strong. I've spent my whole life caring about my image, caring about making it look to everyone around me that I had everything figured out. Uh, I started out, I grew up in a family that had a lot of love for me. I have three siblings and parents that care about me a ton. 
uh, but my whole life I've tried to make my dad proud of me. And I've really cared about what he thought of me. And so even when I get in trouble or, or do bad things as a kid, high school, even now, I've tried to hide that from my dad because I want his uh, impression of me to be a good one. I want when he sees me to see all the positive things. And I don't really want him to see any of the other stuff. That was the same thing when I got into high school. And I started getting more friends. And I was like, the way to make friends and keep friends is to look as good as possible and have this really good image. And, and that was hard because I had really, really bad acne in high school for multiple years. Uh, that was tough. I always remember wanting to actually be uh, much, much better looking. That was one thing. I thought, man, if I could be really good looking. And even kind of a bigger guy like me, uh, weird thing is that I always wanted to be a model. I thought that would be super cool to be skinny, to be have abdominal muscles. I thought, you know, chicks dig abdominal muscles. Maybe I'll go for those one day. Uh, that never really worked out. But uh, I kind of want to be like these guys, okay? <laughs> Male models. That's what I always pictured. I want to be extremely, extremely good looking. And, and actually, quick little tangent. I forgot about this. When I was in sixth grade, I actually was a model. Many of you might not know that, but I was in the Bellingham Herald newspaper. Uh, I was in a commercial for recycling. And, yeah, there were ten of us that recycled in the commercial and one that didn't. And I don't know how I got picked for this. My neighbor brought me into the studio and they filmed me with a basketball because I was like the kid in it. And I remember, I think they wanted somebody smaller because I was pretty tall for a kid. And when they, uh, when I saw the picture, they had shrunk me down in the picture. So I actually looked shorter and fatter, the exact opposite of, of what a model was supposed to be. Anyway, that's really beside the point. Um, back to those guys. That's kind of what I want to be, a male model. If I could just be that, that would be cool. Uh, and then I came to college and I started playing football here at the University of Washington, uh, which was a big, uh, I guess, highlight of my life. I mean, it was four years. It was a lot of fun, but it was also a lot of work. It was really hard, and I didn't play very much. In fact, I didn't play at all for my first two years here. Um, and, but what I, what I loved about it, though, was that people saw me, and I really felt like they thought more of me because I was playing football. Um, this is actually me. A friend of mine took this on senior night, 2004, five and a half years ago. Uh, when I got to come out of the tunnel and shake Coach Keith Gilbertson's hand, for you that remember him as head coach, he didn't last very long. But, um, and uh, that's how I wanted people to see me as this football player. So when it was the end of my sophomore year and I had never played in a single game, and I was like, I'm definitely quitting because this is way too much work, I actually stuck with it. And I'd love to say that I stuck with it because I was such a hard worker uh, and I didn't want to quit. But really, I thought, what are people going to know me as if they don't know me as this guy? As this guy that plays football, this is who I want people to see me as. This is the image that I want them to think of when they see me. Okay, and I think, I think we do this a lot in culture. I know I'm not alone in this. I mean, you look at our, our Facebook profiles, and we all decorate that thing with our best possible stats, our best possible pictures. In fact, this is the picture even five and a half years ago, four and a half, five and a half years ago, I still would want as my Facebook profile picture to be like, yeah, look at that. That's pretty cool. Look at me. But the truth is, is that this picture, um, you can keep going now. Uh, this picture probably represents me better, that one down there. Um, that's what I call my seven chin face. Uh, we all have a face that, some, well, some of us have a face we make for certain pictures. I know Brian Petermeyer has a weird one he makes all the time. Um, but uh, that was me trying to make as many chins as possible. But the truth is that nobody wants this to be their profile picture, right? No one wants this to be the image that people think of when they think of us. What we want is for people to see that. We want people to see us in the best light possible. And... And for me, that's the same way. My whole life, I've always just wanted to show people a little piece of me, which is why it's tough for me to come in here and speak about weaknesses tonight because I don't like sharing out of my weaknesses. I don't like people seeing me weak. I don't like people seeing me uh, not my best, letting people know my insecurities, my doubts, 
Because I want to appear as strong as possible. I want to appear like I got everything together. I want to appear like that guy up there, not like that guy down there. I just kind of want to hide the rest. And my whole life, that's what I've been doing. I've been putting up an image of the good part of me and trying to hide the rest, not letting people see that. But the truth is, is that's, that's fake. That's imitation. That's not the whole thing. That's not the whole piece of me. And so when we look, at, when we look back at those male models, okay, I figure that's what it's like. I'm going to click that model. Um, that's what it's like. It's imitation. A male model, we only see part of them. All we ever see with a male model is, is their picture. We have no idea what they're really like unless you watch that, like, want to be a model show or something. Next, American's model, something. Uh, that show, uh, unless we actually see a little bit more about them, but all we ever see is, is just a picture and we only see part of them. So when we have, like, a model car or something, it's fake. It's not real. And as I look around us, I want us to be guys that are whole. I want us to be guys that are, that are comfortable with our whole selves. I don't want us to be male models, but in fact, I want us to be model males. I want us to be males that model a picture in this community of what real life looks like. I want us to be men that other men model their lives after. Because we model our lives after God. I want to be real. But to be that guy, to be real, requires an admittance of weakness. An admittance that we don't have it all figured out. And exposing our weaknesses, I believe, allows God to actually work in them. It's a lot like heart surgery to me. It's really tough. It's painful. It takes time. And you've got to open some things up. It's very vulnerable while your heart or any piece of you that's getting surgery is exposed. But it's the only way to open it up to actually get in there and to fix things, to strengthen things. Okay, and I'm not thrilled. I'm not thrilled to be talking about weaknesses tonight. But I will be the first to, to recognize that we're going to talk about some things I'll be the first to own here. And the other thing is I don't have a whole lot of answers to these things just to let you know right up front. But I think they're important for us to recognize and to ask the question, how can I let God work through that in me? And I think tonight if we engage this idea and we open ourselves up to the transformational power of Jesus Christ, we take a step in the direction of becoming model males. Men who model what it means to be a man of Christ. That's what we're going to take a look at tonight. Let me pray with us. We're going to jump right into that. God, God, it's tough sometimes looking at the ways uh, that we're not always who we want to be. God, but I pray tonight you just help. Um, you just help me share um, out, of, out of who you've created me to be. God, the whole thing. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so here are the things that I think that I'm afraid of or that might be considered weaknesses, at least as far as I can think of them. I'm going to start a little bit of a list here. It's not super long, but there are a few things on it. Um, The first thing that I think is a weakness of mine is letting people see me sweat. Uh, In other words, looking vulnerable. I'm appearing like I don't have it all together. A girl breaks up with me. I'm kind of hurt. Oh, my gosh, I really liked her. Now I'm not dating her anymore. Someone's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, she didn't mean anything to me. Like, I'm fine. Like, I don't like people seeing me hurt. I don't like them seeing me and having, you know, me feeling like, oh, I, no, I, I'm not in control of that situation. That's a big one. Uh, being rejected. That's a big one, too. I'm um, just feeling like in any situation I walk into, people are rejecting me. Uh, not being good enough. I think that's a big one for me. I really want to be the best at whatever I do when I'm not good enough. I know I'm not good enough. That's tough for me. Uh, big weakness can't miss this one lustful temptation women women are crazy but awesome it's kind of this weird 
uh, dynamic. And we're not going to focus a ton on this one tonight. I'm not going to get deep into lust and a lot of stuff there, but I just want you to know it's there. I want you to know, uh, you know that um, I don't think I have that one figured out. Chicks are hot, and I don't know what to do about it. So um, there you go. And, uh, and, the, and the fifth one is loneliness. Loneliness. And this last one is tough to admit. And it's tough to talk about. Uh, and and it's, it's real tough to talk about for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, I feel super weak when I say that phrase, that I feel lonely. It's like as men, sometimes we think that we were, we were created uh, to be this, this man, this lone ranger, this lone wolf. And, and if we just, you know, if we're not, if we're not comfortable with that, then we're not being enough of a man. And if we feel lonely in where we're at, then we just need to get stronger and tough it out. And to be honest, that's what I've, I've thought kind of my whole life. Um, and I want to speak into that idea tonight. But there's also a guy, a friend of mine, who faces this idea of kind of being a little bit of a Lone Ranger himself. And I want to let him uh, speak a little bit to us tonight uh, to, uh, to get us started as well, because I think he has some wise words for us. Oh, it's like college. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about something. All right. I, want I like to... I'd like to say something that I've prepared tonight. All right, Alan. Hello. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> you guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack. But when my sister brought Doug home, I knew he was one of my own. And my wolf pack, it grew by one. So were there two of us, there were two of us in the wolf pack. I was alone first in the pack, and then Doug joined in later. And six months ago, when Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be? And now I know for sure I just added two more guys to my wolf pack. All right. All right. Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas looking for strippers and cocaine. So tonight, I make a toast. What? What do you got there? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what is that? Blood Brothers. No. <laughs> Damn it! Why did you? Yeah. Oh, you're Alan, supposed to cut it no. right before that. <laughs> Dang it! That last part got out. Uh, that's all right. We're all men here. Um, okay. Also, one just great clip. First of all, originally I was just going to show that clip because it is awesome. But then I was thinking, wait a minute. This actually speaks a lot into what I've been thinking about lately, and and that's what you know. Alan here acknowledges that that it's okay. I think to to be lonely. It's okay. To, to feel that way and, and not want to be alone. It's okay to want to be part of a wolf pack. You know, to feel like you've got people around you that understand you, that are on the same page as you, uh, that you don't feel alone. And, uh, and when we do, and when you're like, man, I feel alone and, and this sucks, I want you to know that's okay. That's what I want to speak in tonight as well. Because for so long, I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about this, how lonely I was. Sure, life is great when I'm working in the U-Men trailer and I got a lot of people around and I'm with my friends and I'm hanging out. We're out doing things and, and I'm connecting with people and I feel like people care about me and that's happening all day and I feel great about myself. But all of a sudden, nighttime comes for me. It's about 11 o'clock. Who knows? The lights fade. The people fade. 
the noise fades, and all of a sudden, I'll be honest, I feel really, really alone in that moment. And it sucks. It sucks for me. And people are always telling me, oh, that's the moment that you got to, you know, like read a good book. You know, or pray, pray in those times. And I'm always like, yeah, that sounds good theoretically, but I don't know how to, how to do that. You know, and this is where a lot of us get into trouble as guys. And I've never really gotten too much into pornography. I've seen way too many downsides from a lot of people just trapped in it, something that sucks us in. But I will say from my own experience, from my own just, just living life and knowledge in my own mind, I mean, I could conjure up any, any fantasy just as bad as anything out there on the Internet. You know, and sometimes I just really want to check out and go to that place. And I just really want to check out a life when I feel lonely and go anywhere. You know, sometimes it's, it's not even that. Sometimes I'll just want to go watch Sports Center or something and just zone out for a while. You know, and then I see guys that are way better athletes than I'll ever be, and I'm like, oh, I'm never going to be that good. You know, I, I just kind of feel lonely by myself. Sometimes I'll just want to have a beer or two at night just to kind of take the edge off so I don't have to sit in that moment of loneliness. Sometimes I'll just want to get on Facebook just to see what other people are doing. Maybe I'll, maybe somehow we'll talk or something. Not a big Facebook chat. I know there is a way to talk, actually. But, you know, and then you look around at everyone else's updates, and nobody posts, you know, bad updates on Facebook. Like, oh, Mike is feeling so lonely right now. You know, or, oh, Mike just can't figure life out. He's so confused. You know, so that never really helps because everyone else just seems like they, you know, they're doing awesome. Uh, and to be honest, this is what I'm talking about tonight when I say I don't really have any answers. Because I don't. I don't know what to do in this situation. Have any answers of how to uh, how to beat that? But I have been trying to embrace the moments that I feel weakest, and let God work in those times. See, my default is trying to check out of those moments where I feel weakness. But lately, I've been trying to go. What does it look like to stay in that moment? What does it look like to stay right there in my weakest moment and let God work? I actually, wonder what could He possibly be speaking to me in this moment where I feel weakest? Is there a, is there something that can happen when His strength comes into this period? And then lately I've been trying not to check out, trying to stay there and then see what God is teaching me in that moment. Because it's those moments where I find myself the weakest, the absolute weakest, that are the moments that I I start to see God the most, where I start to to realize my own reliance on Him, where I start to go, man, this this is where I need a Savior in my own life. It's those moments where I realize I can't do this on my own. And what are the moments that you run from, that you avoid, that scare you? Three and a half years ago, I graduated college here, and I got a chance to move down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and start a college ministry down there. Uh, and a lot of times I talk about that first year down there as a big growing year for me. It was a tough year, because I moved down there all by myself. I worked with a girl, just two of us on staff. She was 14 years older than me. We were in totally different places in life. And there were a lot of cool things that happened in that ministry, a lot of cool things that God did, but that didn't come without a price, the price of feeling really alone for a long time. I lived by myself. I worked by myself. Sometimes I'd just go out to Walmart, like at 11 p.m., just to walk around, because down south, everyone like look you in the eye and talk to you, just passing by, and there were people there. So I'd be like, oh, I'll just walk around and talk to people. I know it sounds really weird, but just to, just to get away from feeling alone. And it was really tough. But those were the moments that I learned to rely on God. Learn what it meant knowing that I can't do this all on my own. And it was a tremendous opportunity for me, but it wouldn't have happened if I let fear rule my life. 
Okay, if I let my fear of uh, being rejected, my fear of not being good enough, my fear of being alone rule over me. Because here's the thing. I think as men, I think we all have greatness inside of us. I think we all have the opportunity to be great. I think we have the desire to be great, to be courageous, to be strong as men. But so often we let fear stop us from stepping into those moments. How many of you guys have seen the movie Hancock? Well, that's quite a few, actually. Um, I'll be honest. I, I had no uh, thought of, of um, talking about this movie, but I watched it a couple weeks ago with my roommates. I didn't even want to watch it. It was like 1130. I was about to go to bed, and they put in a movie. And I was like, well, I really like Will Smith, so I'll take a look at it. Uh, and then I found myself really intrigued by this movie. And I watched the whole thing. Uh, and not that it was like the greatest movie I've ever seen, but there, the storyline, I was really intrigued by this idea that there was a superhero, and he, he had superpowers, but he wasn't very good with those superpowers. And he wasn't a very good superhero. He drank a lot and made a lot of mistakes. And I think it was because he was really lonely as a superhero. And it got me thinking about the fact that I would love to be a superhero. Uh, but would I really want to be the only one, the only superhero and feel really isolated from everyone around me? Because we all see movies like, um, like Spider-Man, like at the end of Spider-Man 1, where uh, Spider-Man is with that girl that he loves, and then he's like, no... I have, to, uh, I have to go do my Spider-Man thing, you know, and solve crime or, you know, make webs or whatever he did. And, uh, and, and he loved this girl, like he really liked her, but he had to leave because he goes, man, I have great power, I have great responsibility, and I need to go be this superhero. And I think we look at that and go, oh, that's awesome. You know, we clap for him, we're excited because he goes and handles his responsibility as a superhero. But what we don't see is that day-to-day life where it's tough, where he gave up. That girl, and, and he's, all, you know, he's, he's doing big things, but there's also a lot of loneliness that probably comes from feeling isolated. And, and that's what we see in this movie, Hancock, is a guy who's got superpowers but feels very isolated. And, I'm, and uh, there's a small clip that, that shows a little bit um, kind of about that for those that haven't seen it. <laughs> you can cut that. line is inappropriate but very funny. Um, what we see as this movie goes on is that, is that Hancock, who's you know, a guy that drinks a ton, a guy that feels very lonely and doesn't really care about what people think about him, we see him find out that he's not the only superhero out there, that there are, there's at least one girl that's a lot like him, and, and all of a sudden he feels understood, um, and it kind of leads him to want to be a better man. It kind of leads him to want to stop drinking, to be a, a better superhero, and not because he's romantically crazy in love with her or anything, but because he actually realizes he's not alone that someone understands him, that somebody's like him. To feel understood and not alone can save us. Eight months ago, I started seeing a counselor. Okay, now, I went for reasons other than what actually has come out of it, uh, but the counselor's pretty smart. He dug and found some other things. That's why he gets paid so ridiculously much. Um, but uh, I went originally, actually, because I had this consistent problem with females, or I'd get into relationships and they'd be about four or five months. And then at that point, I'd really freak out when like the commitment time would hit. And I'd always want out of the relationship, but that's a totally different talk. Uh, if that happened to you, though, feel free to come talk to me afterward. Well, got lots to tell in that genre. Uh, anyways, um, he started asking me a lot of questions. And, and we got to this place where, where one day I was like, okay, you're not going to believe this. And I really don't want to share this. This is super uncomfortable and really girly sounding. But I hate being alone. I feel really lonely. And I was waiting for him to just kind of laugh or something at me. And uh, he goes, yeah, I understand. 
Because that's not girly. None of us like to be alone. None of us want to feel lonely. I was like, really? Like, that's not like the worst thing in the world that you've ever heard? Uh, so I was like, okay. And then I started, you know, exposing some other things, letting him into some other chinks in my army. In my army? In my armor. Uh, I have a whole army. Um, other things, like a girl I was trying to date that I couldn't get to date me. And I was like, no, no, I'm supposed to be that guy that can get any girl. You know, any girl. We all want to be that guy that no girl could reject us. You know, the only reason Beyonce is not dating me is because I haven't asked her. You know, that's it. Like, otherwise, I could get any girl I wanted. Um, but I started sharing that, that this was hard for me to, to deal with, that I, I couldn't, like, just win this girl over. Um, and, and then I started sharing this stuff with other people, and I started sharing it with my core group. And I kept sharing about these insecurities in me. And, and after five or six weeks, you know, they're like, Mike, uh, we want to talk to you. And I was like, great. This is the moment that they kicked me out of core group. You know, the moment that they're like, oh, this guy's got way too many insecurities and, and problems. And it was a moment where they said, we really love the transformation that we're seeing in you. How come you've never shared this before in the five years we've been meeting? Uh, I was like, I don't know. I, I just hate sharing my insecurities. And they're like, but you don't realize you're the only one that's been coming here for five years acting like you got everything together. You know, the rest of us have been sharing this kind of stuff every week. You're the only one that thinks that you need to, to put on this image for us about how strong you are all the time. And that was really humbling for me. That was a very humbling moment. But I realized I don't need to have it all figured out. I don't always have to appear as football player Mike. You know, sometimes I can appear a seven-chin mic, and that's okay. And I felt God this whole time speaking to me and just saying, man, you keep being who you are. Be honest. Be open with who you are and what you're going through, and we'll work through some stuff. But it hasn't been easy. It's been tough letting go of those things. It's been tough letting go of that image that I want everybody around me to see. And there's no quick solution to this. There's no way to just solve our weaknesses. Just all of a sudden get rid of our, our weaknesses in some way. But being strong in our weaknesses starts to let God into those things. Starts to be okay with, with our weaknesses and let, let God work in them. Exposing them so that He can be strong. His strength can shine through us. Inviting Him, inviting others into that place. Not a lot can happen in the dark. Now it starts with being honest. And then there are a couple other practical things I just want to hit on as we close up here. Because we're men, and we live in a tough world, and, and there are just a few things that as long as I've got a group of men, I just want to share about maybe practically how we live into this. And it has to do with, with one of my favorite Bible verses, um, which is definitely on the top five list for if I got a Bible verse tattoo on myself. This one would be one of them, because it shows a little manly strength. Uh, and it's pretty short. It's pretty easy. It's 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And it basically says four things. And I think it really speaks to us as men. Simply, it says, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, and be strong. What does this mean for us? What do these four things mean for us? One, be on your guard. I think as men, practically, we just need to be on our guard more. Because the world's out there, and Paul's saying, it's going to be tough. You need to put up your guard, because none of us are above temptation. I mean, you have some girl come stay the night in your bed, half naked. You're always like, no, it's fine, she can stay the night, you know, and... Sleeping just in underwear, I'm fine. That doesn't tempt me. I'm like, yeah, right. Please. Like, are you really like above that? None of us are above temptation. As guys, what we need to do is start putting up guards to, to get ourselves out of these really tempting spots. You know, some of us have our computer monitor set up in a certain way in our room that we can click off of whatever we're on before people can see it. Maybe it's time to turn that screen around. 
And be frankly honest, I think there are some points in the day you do not need to be on your computer. I mean, after midnight, if you've got a paper to write and you're not down at the library, my advice, write it with a pen and paper. There you go. I said it. Um, second, stand firm in your faith. What does this mean? When you're discouraged, because there are a lot of moments of discouragement in our faith. When we're discouraged, stand firm. Don't quit. Don't quit just because we don't feel it anymore. Stand firm in your faith. God sees it. He'll honor you. Be a man of conviction. Don't waver. Stand up and be a man, even in the midst of discouragement. Number three is be men of courage. And this is a hard point because sometimes being a man of courage means feeling like you're standing alone. I think this one relates back to Hancock. Being Being a superhero sometimes feels alone. I encourage you to be men of courage. Even when we feel alone in that. I know so often we can cower on spiritual things. We can cower about standing up for what we believe in and we think we won't be accepted. And it's so easy to say in a classroom, oh, stand up for what you believe. But it is tough when you feel like you're going to stand alone. I know that. The fourth is be strong. That shows what we're made of. And being a strong man means being able to admit our struggles. Admit our weaknesses and admit the places that we need God's help. That's true strength. True strength is letting God's strength work in us, even in the places that we're weak. But that's what it means to be a real man, to be a model male, not just a male model. Men of this community, I think we can be model males. My dream is that the guys in this room can be examples to the rest of this community. And this is a great place to start, I think. Put the safeguards in place because the temptations will be there. They will be. Stand firm in your faith, even if you feel discouraged. Be a man of courage, even if sometimes that means standing alone. And be strong. How great for us to live these statements. With God's help, with God's power, with God's strength, we can be model males. I absolutely believe it. Men who other guys model their lives after us. And what this would do for our relationship with God. What this would do for our relationship with others. We can't do it alone. But His power is made perfect in our weakness.